Welcome to another episode of Highly Educated, the podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Sherman. Today, we bring on my dear friend, business owner, and environmental activist, Colleen Hen. Colleen runs her own bulk food and goods company that does plastic-free packaging and shipping out of San Clemente, California. Working with the Surfrider Foundation for almost a decade, Colleen realized how badly we treat our environment and discovered some things we can do as individuals to help us lighten our load here on Earth. At All Good Goods, you can place your bulk pantry item orders directly online, and it ships right to your door in plastic-free containers. When's the last time you really thought about your output to the environment? How much non-compostable waste do you produce in a week? How detrimental is our footprint to our environment? We discuss all this and more on our latest episode. So grab a seat, sit back, and enjoy. Bringing in Colleen. Colleen of All Good Goods. What's going on? Oh, you know, typical Monday. How are you, Ryan? Monday fun day? Just work grind? Super fun day, yes. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's been a minute. Been a long time since we last chatted, huh? It has been many moons since we last chatted, yes. Yeah. Well, Colleen, we're bringing her on here to talk about her company, All Good Goods. They are a zero-waste powerhouse coming out of California trying to provide the people with all good goods, meaning zero-waste products. And I don't want to, like, spoil the business too much because Colleen can explain it better than me. But that's why we brought her in, to talk about her business and how she got this going and how important sustainability is and our planet, all these good things. She's very passionate. You'll hear that today. That's a fact. But I appreciate you coming on. I really do. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah, I really am grateful for sort of these like candid conversations about how we can all just do better. Absolutely. And do good. <laughs> Absolutely. Was that was that the the wording behind the name? Was that kind of how it came out? You know, I was sort of I was thinking about what I wanted to call the business. And as I kept describing the product, I'm like, okay, everybody's paid fairly. It's organic. It comes in plastic free packaging. It's all good. And I just kept coming back to it's all good. <laughs> so we just seemed to all good good. Wow. I love that. It's yeah. all good. Hey, it's all good. All good goods. You heard good. it here. Just so you can follow along with the conversation here, folks, it's all good goods.us on Instagram and allgoodgoods.us on the website. So to follow along here with what we're talking about, if you want to take a peep at that while we're talking, feel free. Colleen, just to talk about the roots and where you're from originally, I know you're a Connecticut born and raised, but also spent time out in the Hamptons out here, East Hampton Springs to be precise. And uh, that's where I got to know you and become friends with you. And now you're doing this amazing business in California, uh, crushing it, and love love to see it. Love to see it. It's came a long way. I, I see. Yeah, thank you so much. As you said, I was born in Connecticut, but I feel like a lot of my soul <laughs> lives on the east end of Long Island where we met. Growing up, we spent summers out there forever, and that's where I really like learned how connected I was to the ocean. I think that place really messed me up in some ways because it seriously like burst this like new chapter of my life that was so ocean centric. There's so much water you, out there. You didn't have that so in Connecticut beautiful. at all growing up. You didn't do the beach vibe there either. There's no real beach. <laughs> we just have so much, so many beautiful water bodies on the East end and everything's so intricately connected to the water out there that you really don't have a choice, but to have respect for it. So that's true. Yeah. It was just different. So it was, that was the connection. So you really made your, your connections and the roots and what you're really trying to do from the East end and, and moving out here. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it was just, what was it just kind of being involved in nature and doing these kinds of things? And, and cause you, you do paddle boarding, you do a lot of active sports and, and sports on the water or sports, you know, in general, you know, you're a very active person, outdoors person. But you're living out here. Of course, you have to all these things to explore. A lot of stuff to take care of here. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, people ask me this a lot. Like, where, where did your, you know, where did this come from? Where did sustainability come from for you? And I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, it's been just part of me. You know, I, I studied environmental science in college and 
I think that's where I sort of was like empowered to actually take action on it. You know, growing up, my family wasn't really, um, they didn't really do a lot of sustainable things. So I start, I sort of, you know, when I went to college, started this whole new like chapter of my life where I turned into an activist, you know, where it all got started. Right. So there was really college that got you to kind of push to be the next level of what you're doing. It was kind of a mindset and ideal, but then, then it became really rigorous in your, in your teaching. Right. So I grew up out there. I learned my respect for the water. And then it was like, okay, what can I do to actually help? Like, what can I do to be a part of a solution rather than the problem? Which felt really overwhelming at the time, especially as I was getting started. Let's just talk about, first and foremost, going into a career like that, you have to be able to say that you're doing it for the perseverance of the greater good. Because really, you're not doing it for a paycheck, right? Because in reality, you're not going to be paid much for that kind of work, whether it's water sampling or bird nesting specialist or, you know, whatever, all these positions they have in the, you know, DEC and in, in these things, you know, you're not getting paid boatloads of money for. I mean, it's a pretty mild job. So I, th- I think in that sense. So I think you really have to have a passion for, for doing these kinds of things. And there's something to be said for that. You can see it for so many years but you also have to be able to sustain a career and, and, and longevity. And I think, was that one of the reasons why you wanted to kind of formulate a business plan out of sustainability? Because you saw that side of it? I mean, yeah, I was living in the Hamptons on a nonprofit salary. So I was just <laughs> suffering. Right. There was just suffering. I'm like, I'm never going to get anywhere if I keep this up. So I'd also been with the nonprofit I was with for six years. So I think I was just... And what did you do there? Sorry, not to... Yeah, no, that's a good question. Definitely a part of my history. So I was the chapter coordinator and also a national program manager for the Surfrider Foundation. For the Surfrider so Foundation, a lot of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my role there was empowering everyday individuals to make a difference and to use their voices and to encourage them that grassroots work, right? But individually, I was still creating a bag of trash every single week. And I sort of did like a waste audit and I realized it was all coming from the kitchen because there are a lot of zero waste products available now, especially for like skincare and bathroom and cleaning and all that. But there weren't a lot of ways to shop for food without plastic packaging. So that's really how I started the business. I I was solving my own problem. So what is all good goods in your, in your explanation of it? Obviously I, I gave a teaser of it, but in your, you know, what is all good goods, Colleen? Yeah, All Good Goods is a plastic-free pantry subscription service. So essentially, if you know every single month you're going to need rice, beans, flour, lentils, quinoa, those kind of pantry items, we deliver those to your doorstep, 100% plastic-free packaging. And it's, it's set up like a refill shop. So your first order, you buy the jar, and then you get paper bag refills. And the paper bags, literally, like you just take off the tin tie, and then they will biodegrade in your backyard. Or you can recycle them. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and that's Thank you. and that's what they're doing, folks. All good goods. It's and now is this being talked about on a, a broader scale? Like are larger companies like what is the drawback of a larger company from taking on something like this? Like why wouldn't they want to become more sustainable? Wouldn't in turn help them as well or no? It needs to be in their DNA. And it's not, frankly. There are a couple companies that are trying to sort of be the consultant to help these bigger companies companies like Procter and Gamble and Kroger massive grocery conglomerate. There are several companies sort of like consulting and trying to help them. But at the end of the day, if it's not in your business model, it's not going to be affordable because to do things the right way is really expensive because Mm. you're also paying for the end of life of that product. And a lot of these massive companies, you know, that put single use products or, you know, products that you use for like a month at a time or something like that, they aren't taking into consideration what happens to that container at the end of its life. And zero waste shops do, which is why it inherently has to be more expensive. Got it. Okay. Understood. Got it. And that was a very good breakdown. And that's why I'm glad I asked because (laughs) that's exactly why. Yeah, it's perfect to, to talk further about this. And you said that really it was your love for everything. and, And that's how you got this started bringing to the concept. You said you discovered it in your own self in your own person. You realized you were still bringing out a bag of trash a week. And you thought that that was still a bad thing. And even though you've made all this progress and you've done this great job and you've done these things for the Surfrider Foundation, you've done these admirable things, you were still treating yourself pretty harshly, saying, hey, it's not enough. And what what bred that sense of urgency? What, what kind of pushed that? What was that final, hey, you know, I, I got to take the last step here and then that was it? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm the person that people come to when they're like, Hey, I, you know, I need laundry detergent. Can you send me an exit? Like, can you, can you tell me what laundry detergent is like socially responsible and environmentally responsible and all that? And I go well out of my way. Like your girl right. used to drive to Hampton Bays to go refill containers of food back to Springs. Like it was, it's, it's egregious and you can't expect everybody to do that. So if I myself was still creating that much trash with being as aggressive as I am about it, that's just like, I can't even imagine what other people make. And for me, I was like, okay, there's way too much pressure put on the consumer and there's no options out there mm. for plastic-free food. So I was like, well, I guess I have to do this. <laughs> I guess I have to start this company. You looked at the landscape. You said, this is bullshit. I'm changing it. Nailed it. Yep, exactly. And that's, is that not activism in its finest You're point? right. But I had to switch my hat and put on an entrepreneur hat, which is a whole other humbling experience. But you're helping and doing good. It's not like you're entrepreneuring Amazon and you're killing the environment at a rapid rate. You're you're doing the right thing. It's you're going through steps. You're you're taking the precautions. You're trying to find and you'll figure out the trials and tribulations of your own business and how to become more carbon you know, neutral and how to become more this and that you'll discover how to be X, Y, Z over time as well. You know, you'll, you'll figure mm -hmm. out ways to even make yourself more sustainable over time as I'm sure as anything else, I guess it's a never ending where I'm going is that it's a never ending story, right? Like it's a never ending battle. You're going to keep For doing. Sure. And that's the point is right. that it's no matter how intensely you are passionate about it or how much you practice it, there's always still going to be something else that you need to be doing of or course. should be doing. Course. If it's not and the way you the eat or if it's not the way you're stocking, it's the way you're driving a car, it's the way you're biking, it's the way you're, you know, it's something else. The landscape evolves every single day. And there are lately, especially within the last three or four years, there have been so many more sustainable products available. I think about where we were like four years ago. It is radically different now. And I'm super grateful for that. So yeah, the landscape changes every day. And I think it is getting a little easier for people to find these products because almost every major city now has like a zero waste store downtown, which is really great. I, I think for the most part, every major city in the United States has a zero waste, like home product store, home right. skincare, soap, laundry detergent, that sort of thing. And a lot of major cities have like co-ops as well, where people can bring in their own container and fill up their food. What we're trying to do is make that experience accessible to everybody in the country. So that you don't need to travel to, you know, your local bulk store to buy pantry staples. You can just order them. We'll deliver them plastic free. So like you can relax and just know that somebody's helping you do the right thing. <laughs> and that's, and that's important, you know, yeah. uh, that it's important to know that because especially in this world of sustainability, you have to know that that's, that's, that's what you're striving for. That's the overall goal, mm -hmm. right? Is, is to become zero waste. Is, is it zero waste is the over end? Is it, is it the end goal? No, you're never going to be zero waste. Just like delete that. Cancel, 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 cancel. Like, no, no, no. I think pictures of people's waste, people's one year waste in a mason jar, that's so problematic. And that just scares people away. The <laughs> idea, seriously, it's, yeah. it's bullshit. It's bullshit. You're never. I recycle I mean, my own feces and I put it in a hemp sock and I wash myself. <laughs> you're like, dude, what? No, but in all realness, like if you're. If you're making this much trash a year, like, I don't even, good for you. Good for you. That's not what 99% of America is going to associate with. So I think the overall goal, period, is to help make the climate crisis feel less overwhelming. Because right. a lot of people hear about climate change and they get scared shitless. And <laughs> this is just our little way of helping people feel like they're doing a good thing and helping this crisis seem less overwhelming. That's my life mission. Make the climate crisis less overwhelming. All good goods is how you're getting to that process. <laughs> so sustainability as a whole, how important is sustainability? What are we talking about? I mean, are we alarmist? Much, Should we be alarmist? How much do you like living? That's the question. How important is sustainability? Do you, do you like surviving? <laughs> do, like do you that's, like I mean, living? if the answer is yes, it's really important. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's politicized, which to me is just insane. But it's really important, Ryan. <laughs> it's, it's really important. Vitally important. Tell us how important, Vital. Colleen. What's, oh, the what's the first step of noticing sustainability? Like what, what flared you off of like, holy crap, we waste this much? I mean, I did beach cleanups for a living for like four years. 
So you want to you wanna know how bad the plastic pollution crisis is, dude? Please let Ooh, us know. Go to 67 Steps Beach on the north on the north fork of Long Island. Oh, my God. I mean, just the volume. I pulled in like eight tons of trash in a couple years on the east end of Long Island. Thanks to the help of amazing volunteers, hundreds of volunteers. But we pulled so much trash off of the beaches in Long Island. And the most frustrating part is that I'd go to the grocery store, you know, on the way home from the beach cleanups. And I just see all the things lined in store. So you just got to turn off the faucet. But the problem is that it's not part of the models of these big companies that are creating the problem to begin with. So the change you're saying is at this point, it's like it needs drastic systemic change from the inside out. There's nothing, even as consumers, if we did all the right things and we did everything right and we bought all the right crap from the store and we did everything all good, it still would be an issue? No, I don't think we can. I don't think we can use that dialogue because that's not going to help us. Right. It would never and it would never happen realistically. Grassroots activism works. 100%. 100%. And that also works with small businesses. Got I it. think a lot That's of the consumer <laughs> trends, a lot of the consumer trends are aiming towards sustainability now, right? So now we see places like Target having little bamboo scrub brushes for dishes. Like you like there are certain things that are sort of getting folded into these big conglomerates, which means they're listening. If you want to, you know, vote with your dollar, which you do every single time you spend a dollar, you're voting for like the world you want. So if you want to see sustainability become a thing, support the small businesses that are really sort of championing this in your communities, because that's how we show these big companies that, you know, this is what we want as consumers. Right. Exactly. The power is in the people. It really is. Consumerism is a thing. I mean, you're, you know, the more you want to buy something, if the product's flying off the shelves, they're going to keep making that product. The product stops flying off the shelves. They're going to stop making that product. Right. All it has to take is but everybody to catch times, on to these more sustainable products, and that's it. But they're not a sold lot or marketed. The product will not fly off the shelves until there's a sustainable product next to it. So we need to get to the point where these big companies see that there there is an option, and people are choosing the option, even if it's a dollar more. People will choose it because they care. People inevitably care. At the end of the day, people always care. It just needs to be convenient. It needs to be convenient. Otherwise, like, you can't expect people to go so far out of their way to do the right thing. So I have a question. Let's say a place like Whole Foods, right, who does, let's say, the right thing in terms of a grocery conglomerate. They're probably the closest ones that I know on a global scale, like a chain, that is, they have bulk good rows, and they most of the products in there are made XYZ, fair trade, and and the box is made out of 100% recycle. You know, it's like, if that's the, the cream of the crop of the normal world, where do you even start from there? Unfortunately, a lot of the bulk stores, a lot of the bulk sections in Whole Foods have plastic bags. So that's not even real. A lot of co-ops do have paper bag options, or you can kind of skirt and like go over to the coffee section and get a paper bag, fill up your bulk products with that. But a lot of areas, unfortunately, even though they have these bulk sections, prepackage them in plastic. Right. No, but that's what I'm saying. So what do you, that, yeah. right. So, so these stores though, that's what I'm, the gold standard. They're known as the gold standard of like being healthy and appropriate. If you're not you, right. That's been expert in the field and, and into all these things. If you're the average person, you don't know. You think Whole Foods is doing the right thing. Cause that's what's sold on, right. you know, that's, oh, it's Whole Foods. It's, it's organic and it's free trade and it's, uh, they're free range and it's free this so that's what they sell and see but that's what we're here for that's what you're here i mean you're here to explain and and tell people listen when you go to whole foods there's still plastic bags you're sitting in so now Mm -hmm. can they do is there things that the average shopper can do if they're not near one of these pantry stores or if they're they can't get to all good goods for any reason and they can't link up with you for any reason or if they maybe need something you don't carry is there something that they can do in their local shop like can you bring your own bags into bulk like into a whole foods and like buy you know, pull stuff? Like, is there things they can do right. in, in local environment like that? Well, first thing you can do is never buy a sustainable product on Amazon. I think that's the easiest takeaway for anybody listening here. There are so many zero waste stores that ship to the entire country. So can you list some? Can just, you list some? I'm sorry for the, for yeah, some of the people, yeah. because I really don't think people know this exists and it, and they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is package free store. They're out of Brooklyn, but they ship across the country. They have almost everything. Package home, free body. store. 
package cool. free store out of Brooklyn. FD Market, amazing. They have so many home care products and so many skincare products. They have laundry refills, all that stuff. Zero waste store. Yeah, those are those are honestly my go to. So guys, there is things online that you can go. They ship all across the country. You can get your products, whatever you need. You don't have to go on Amazon. And I'll tell everybody a little tidbit. Let me tell you guys a thing, right? I don't want to get all alarmist here, but we can all sit back and say that they took the words today out of Prime and you paid more money. You didn't pay less money. You got less quality shipping. You paid more money and the products are not cheaper. They conditioned you for the last two decades that they were the cheapest game in town because they bought in bulk and they own their own logistics chain. Congratulations. Guess what? There's so much competition these days that they are not the cheapest game in town. And most of the time, 90% of the time, you can buy directly from the company on their own website. And they probably even have a deal going or something on their own website because they have to compete with all of these other consumer stores and product places and everything else. Amazon is not the cheapest anymore. People have a lot of expectations for free shipping because of Amazon. And I think people forget that they're paying for Prime. <laughs> like they're paying annually. So for us, we're shipping pounds of food in glass jars and people don't really want to pay for shipping. So it's, it's definitely changed the way like we have to frame our pricing and it's changed the way like the consumer expects things. Do you expect to order something and have it ready for no extra money? Two days later on your doorstep. That's just unrealistic. What we're really trying to promote is planning ahead and slowing down. <laughs> like when you get in the kitchen, you know, we do pantry staples, right? When you get in the kitchen and you cook and you take time to cook that meal and you eat it with the people you love, how much better is it? I mean, it's, it, it honestly, it sounds cheesy, but like that like slow food movement really like permeates the whole business, permeates all of our business. I hope expands outwards because as long as you plan ahead, like there's really no reason to have so much urgency. Yeah. And, and you know what I think? I think the urgency was manufactured and I think it was manufactured mm -hmm. over the course of a totally. few decades. I think it started, totally. it all started shortly after the 40 hour work week and, and these things were invented where it's, there's a structure in America now. This is your work week. Maybe you don't have time to cook dinner after work, after your long week. Maybe you have both members of the household working and you need to buy a quick dinner, but takeout isn't your thing. So now TV dinners become a thing. Frozen dinners become a thing. Hot pockets and bagel bites and Tostino's pizza rolls and everything is frozen food. Oh, stack your freezer, stack your freezer, be lazy. You don't have enough time in the week to cook? No problem. We got frozen meals galore. We have this, we got that, <laughs> we got cuisine. this. We got lean <laughs> cuisines. We got Stouffer's. We got this, uh. we got that. Just heat it up two minutes later and you got this, right? It's all about what we're talking about, convenience. We, we, we're fed off this convenience model for two decades, three decades, four decades, and it's instant this, instant rice, instant that, instant, instant, instant. And now we look at society and we want the opposite. We're going back to vinyl and we're reading more books and we're doing these like, you know, even if it's audiobook or even if it's reading a, a Kindle or whatever, we're still going right. back to these nostalgic things because they're bringing us more wholesome experiences. Exactly. Because it feels better. Exactly. It feels better. exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. So, so we crave this, and that's why I think there is a shift that's going back to all-natural foods, organic this, uh, slower home-cooked meals. Let's make this more of a thing. There's, a, there's an integrity in your life of, like, producing a good meal for somebody you love and sitting and enjoying that in good company. There's There's a... There's a real specialness to that, like you said, and I think that's highly underestimated and highly undervalued in this stage in the game. Mm -hmm. I think we're slowly taking it back, but everything also becomes more convenient, right? You got frozen pizzas, you have frozen burritos, you have frozen this. How do you battle this crisis of sustainability through convenience? It's not even about people and being sustainable. It's the lifestyle that they've been accustomed to live that is not sustainable environmentally, regardless of the totally. options they take. Well, totally, because as you become more ingrained in like zero waste sustainability life, you just catch yourself doing things that take more time. I, I joke a lot. I'm like, like, I love to pay more to be more inconvenienced. <laughs> I love hmm. to do that. I love to go so far out of my way and also pay more for things. But it has caused me to slow down and plan things. So like when I leave the house, everyone does the typical like keys, wallet, cell phone. I'm like, okay, keys, 
wallet, cell phone, water bottle. Did I bring my utensils? Did I bring, you know, like, do I have my reusable mat? Like, it's just like, do I have my little hand sanitizer refill? <laughs> so it's a part I, of it, your whole cost, life. It's, it's, it's minimalism, honestly. And not that I'm minimalist. I'm not, I'm actually naturally not at all. I'm a maximalist, but it's caused me to say, okay, what is essential right now? And how can I help my future self to not feel guilty about the decisions I'm going to make? <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful. But how, but how does someone else get there? What do they take for I like, think, what, how do they dip their toe in the water? Like, where do they start? Do they start with these websites you mentioned? Start, like, do they, do they start with all good goods? Like, do they start? No, how do, what do you do? No. They start with themselves. So I think the place to start is with the thing that's bothering you the most. But the thing that's kind of like, okay, I've been thinking about this for a while. Should I do it? Should I not? Like, I think everybody intuitively knows what that thing is, whether it's exactly. eating less meat or riding their bike or, I don't know, composting. Composting is the most important thing we can do, guys. Oh, my God. Compost. Um, there's so many things that we could do. You know, if, if you're pissed off at taking out the trash every week, okay, let's figure out in what area of your home are you making the most trash and how can we affect that, right? So right. I think the place to start is with the thing that's kind of like scratching at you. I think just like... So whatever it. really kind of niches you... But what about if it doesn't irk you personally? What about if it doesn't itch you at all? What about if you're just a person that doesn't have any sense to it and you don't want to change it because you don't care? How do you get that person? Yeah. Well, if they care about money, <laughs> this is a good place to start because a lot of the sort of like zero waste products that you, you know, you purchase last you a lifetime. Like I've had the same razor. Ladies, if you're listening, razors are so freaking expensive. Traditional like female razors are so expensive. I've had the same razor for six years because all I have to do is replace the blades. <laughs> so I haven't spent a dollar. I have the same 10 pack of blades that I had when I bought it six years ago. I swear to God, it's crazy. So you actually save money at the end of the day if you take the time and do the research and figure out what products you're going to want for potentially the rest of your life. So you will save money at the end of so the day. So you're saying it was more expensive. About, the initial purchase was more expensive. Like you're like, oh, this razor's way more money than the other razors on the market that are like yeah. disposable cheap razors. But in reality, this has lasted me six years and the other ones last me a week or three days. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's not actually it's not actually more expensive because the issue with the price of the plastic disposable razors is that it's not including the end of life of the product. So if you look at it, it is way more expensive because it's like choking a fish somewhere in Asia, dude. <laughs> right. You so know? you're saying, right. And that costs money. Like that's another $2 that added money, to that dude. bill. <laughs> it's not, but that's the problem. No, it's I know. But yeah, money. it's the it's right. Yeah. Service. Right. It's an ecosystem service, right. you know? So yeah, it's, it's a receipt you're not seeing. It just precisely, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's and you know who is seeing it? Southeast Asia. That's who's seeing the receipt. It's going to end up a in lot some, of developing nations. Yeah. Well, there's the Great Pacific Trash Sea or whatever the fuck that is, right? Like, there's the Great. It's like a giant great Pacific garbage patch. Yeah, yeah. it's like a giant it's, garbage patch in the well, middle people, of the ocean. Yeah, but sailors go right through it without seeing it because it's nine meters submerged, or sorry, three meters submerged. So it's nine feet under the under the surface of the sea. So a lot of people actually don't notice it going through it. I've heard at least huh. because the issue with microplastics is that they photodegrade, or the issue with plastics is that in the ocean they photodegrade, right? So when a plastic, let's just take a plastic bottle cap. That was the number one item I found on the east end of Long Island for whatever reason. So many plastic bottle caps. So when that floats into the ocean, because somebody flicked it off their Coke bottle, ended up in the ocean, when that cap is in water and under sunlight, it does this thing called photo degradation. And essentially, it just breaks into smaller pieces. It never degrades, but it just breaks up, right? And the crazy thing about plastic is that it like absorbs all of the toxins, toxins in the water. So when a fish, a turtle, whatever, eats that piece of plastic, it's kind of like a poison pill. So when you think about it, we eat fish that eat that plastic. It, um, it's called bioaccumulation, but basically the toxins that were in that piece of plastic that the fish ate accumulates in its living tissue and bones, and then we consume it. So I know. All completely it's overwhelming. Relevant. Yes. <laughs> it's overwhelming. <laughs> so, yes. 
And that doesn't matter it, it, how fresh your seafood could be. It's, you know, if there's pollution off the coast of wherever you're fishing, you're, you could catch the same, same pollution. Yeah. So that's. You're not going to die from it, but it could have an impact long term. And that, and so the, is that the thing? It's, it's, it, it's, you, you won't initially just have like a death from it, but you will over time. Is that the science? Bioaccumulation. That- so okay. just what happens in the fish, it happens in you too. And that, you know, that can manifest in so many ways. There's been a lot of studies done on plastics and hormone disruption. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of cancer. We're seeing a lot of breast cancer, seeing a lot of ovarian cancer, and that could be related to plastics. I think, you know, I sort of operate in like a, what can I do? And what what can I do with the tools I'm given? So what can we do? What can the average person like me, what can the average simpleton like me do to get myself more sustainable? How do I burst through the door? Yeah, so I think like the most important thing is realizing that you actually have like power and influence over how, you know, everything works. So basically like every day you're confronted with so many choices of like what you're going to support, right? So whenever you're making a decision about what you're going to purchase, ask yourself, what is that product made out of? And what is a container made out of? And always opt for the product that has the more responsible end of life. And what I mean by that is, (laughs) we're just going to boil it down. Please. Opt for things that are in aluminum, that are in paper, and that are not in plastic. And a lot of times people sort of glorify these like new bioplastics. Uh -uh. No, none of that. So that's a fancy word for bullshit. It's a fancy word for bullshit. Unfortunately, you need a commercial composting facility, which the East End does not have and a lot of areas don't have. So you really want to support products that are reused. Oh, glass, glass, aluminum, and paper, right? Those are the most biodegradable and the most reusable, recyclable products. And what you were saying, touching on restaurants, I think in, in lieu of the pandemic, if you know, obviously things are a little complicated right now, but if you can take the time and just eat in, you know, I feel like we're, it goes back to the sort of slow food movement that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. We're always in such a rush, but if you take the time to eat in, you're actually producing much less waste and chances are you're going to have a lot more time than housing some Thai food on your couch in front of Netflix. You know what I mean? Right. There's going to be a lot more experience involved in your evening. Right. And there is a program at the Surfrider Foundation called Ocean Friendly Restaurants. So Ocean Friendly Restaurants from the Surfrider yes. Foundation. Got it. Yes. So Surfrider reps across the country have sort of vetted restaurants and their plastic use. So if you're looking for a if a restaurant that, you know, doesn't use a lot of plastic, you can try to find one through uh, Ocean Friendly Restaurants program. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And how, is it the Surfrider website? Is it surfrider.org? What, what's the organization? Yes, it is. Surfrider.org is their organization, mm-hmm. guys, to find out all things about Surfrider. I love the way you said it earlier. It is. It's a, it's a bunch of bodies of water kind of coexisting with each other and intertwining and inter, you know, intermingling. And it's like we're all just here to enjoy it. And that's why it does come back to us. It, there is a responsibility. Realize you're a part of the problem, step one. Step two, realize that you can be doing better. And step three, Take a step in the right direction. It doesn't even have to be like a drastic moon jump. Just get yourself to be less of a dick to the environment. (laughs) Dude, yeah, really. Is that really summing it up? The the acceptance part of it is really hard for people because, you know, there's a lot of guilt. And I I get it. Like, I'm not perfect. Please. Like, we still. And that's important to talk about. Let's talk about this because this is very important. We do imperfect things every single day. We got takeout last week, even after all that ran I just gave you. Like, it is what it is. You live in an imperfect world, right? The society we live in is not set up for being socially responsible, unfortunately. Over and over and over again, we've seen that, right? But I think just do what you have to do to help you sleep at night, to help you feel like a good person, to help you feel like you are just part of the solution. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's, that's really what it's all about. That's, that's really what it is. Just trying to be a little bit better than you were the day before trying to wake up and say, Hey, you know, Oh, I did this one thing today. I put myself in the right direction. I started doing this. This is a good habit. All right. What's the next good habit I can add on to this habit? What's the next good habit? People, I promise you, once you have built up enough good habits, the feeling that you will feel and, and how good you will feel from these good habits, just like constantly being in or around your space, you will feel better. 
with your life. I, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a person of higher enlightenment, but I'm telling you, there is something to that. Guilty of this now is like, now when I go into stores, I only buy things that are all natural and I only buy, you know, this and that. And I still buy big box brands and I still buy shit that's in plastic and I still buy this. I'm not, like I said, I'm not perfect either. So but do I'm, I. And, I, and I'm at least trying to do the right thing. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll support this brand because they're doing the trying to do the right thing of like being all natural and this and that. Maybe that brand's not all there yet. Maybe they're still doing the wrong thing. But you know what? If enough customers reach out and voice their opinion and say, hey, this is what we want, then consumerism wins and then things happen. That's what I was just that's what I was just saying. Like Exactly. I I can imagine that people we just had an experience this week where we I, I haven't dialed in my laundry yet. I use Dr. Bronner's bulk. It's not, uh, it's not ideal. So we went to Whole Foods and we got a box of laundry detergent sheets and I open it up and they're wrapped in plastic. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> bro. you're so close. You're so close. But most people would take that and say, well, that sucks. But you know what Colleen does? I'm going to email them and I'm going to say, hey, you're really close. But the consumer that's going to want this is going to want you to be 99.99%, not 85%. There's always room for improvement. But a lot of times, unfortunately, can can we freeze that? I'm sorry. Can we can we freeze this? Because I think this is vitally important. If you're a major big box company, if you're Target, if you're Kmart, if you're XYZ, your big box brand, we get it. You've gotten to a point where you can say, fuck you. And you can put whatever you want on your shelves because they've paid you to be there. And each shelf space is a dollar amount per square foot, per square inch. I get it. I'm not stupid. But at the end of the day, when your consumers drive your market, if they constantly complain, if there's this big snowball effect of consumerism, you need to listen. There's no choice but for them to listen. They think they're in this moment now of, oh, we're just going to be greedy and do whatever we want and exploit and do profits and not care about environment and do what this and that. There will be a radical change at some point in some day. I can't tell you when, but it's going to be. And only if people actually reach out. No one does take the time to complain. People need to call the number. People need to Review. Review your products. You know how much time in a day we sit there and we don't review shit? We're like, oh, this product sucks. I just throw it out. And And then nothing happens. Like- no, you're not doing the company a disservice by reviewing but, them. You're helping them a little bit. But I will say, I think haters give negative reviews. And I think people that want you to improve give private reviews. Well, one st- well so, think about it. A one-star review is, you know what it is. Yeah. That's it's true. garbage. Like a three-star like three review is, is constructive. Okay. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Constructive. I guess, yeah. I, I guess I only think of like Yelp. Like I feel like people really are like, unless they're like a Yelper, ripping people apart. Well, Yelp's a Once hard a business. Yeah. <laughs> you, you become popular because of the reviews you give. So if you're this like a harsh person and you become known as this harsh person, then you're like a Yelp personality. And then you become but like a social figure. But I have to also figure. say, a lot of my time in Long Island was spent meeting with government officials and asking them for things. And to be completely not humble at all, I got a lot done. I passed a ton of laws out there. Yeah, let's talk about that. So what did you do with the town? Yeah, so, I mean, just to put it in perspective, I was probably like 21, 22, 23 at the time. So I was the only one under the age of 40 in the room. And I came in with very polite and somewhat easy to achieve apps. So essentially, over the course of a couple of years, I was able to help pass several laws about plastic straws, polystyrene, which is like styrofoam, essentially polystyrene foam, and balloons. So Basically, the laws prevented the distribution and sale of straws and polystyrene foam and also prevented the intentional release of balloons. To be honest, I don't don't think anybody on the East End was like intentionally releasing balloons for ceremony. But in case anybody got caught, (laughs) they would get a ticket. (laughs) Right. Just make it something that's aware. Make I mean, you're making it aware to the to the community. I mean, it is fucked up. You don't want somebody to just release some balloon in the air and then all of a sudden now some ocean life has to die because you're an asshole. Well, and it was interesting because we had avoidable. We had a lot of fishermen come in and testify about it. So that was really interesting. But the cool thing that happened was that so we would testify in a positive way, like uh, for the for the Oh yeah. Yeah. 
oh yeah, they're like, we're fishing balloons out of the ocean. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> so the thing that would happen is cool on the east end because everything's so tight, everything's so internet and there's also this like friendly competition so we would pass a law in east Hampton town and then southampton would get jealous and they'd pass the same thing and then vice versa so we'd pass something in in southampton right. and then east hampton would catch wind of so it who's gonna and break then the, the ground would catch wind of it so it's like oh they did it they did it we're gonna do it and then the cool thing that happened was it started on the town level and then it went to the county level so you know this is how grassroots work so we started with straws and foam and balloons on the town level on the Southampton East Hampton town and then it went to the county. So now it's county law. And now foam and balloons are state law. Well, foam for sure, balloons is still pending. But those are like state law now. That's great. And that's <laughs> so, amazing. Yeah, dude. It was like I think I think given my experience and so many years of activism, as long as you ask for something nicely, like it will happen. <laughs> you just have to ask nicely and do see you, how you can help. Do you making think people your, aren't aware? I think people are not aware. No. I'm I think saying the people, people in power. I'm saying the people that make these decisions to put these things in place. Oh. They're not aware or they are aware they're just doing it for, you know what I mean? Like where's the line? You're saying it's maybe they're not aware of it. You could just be polite and ask. I mean, maybe are they not aware? Well, the, the people in power, their job is to represent the constituents. So if the constitu constituents aren't, you know, asking for these laws to be put in effect, they're not right. going to do it. Exactly. So, you know, and that I comes back to, to caring about meeting. local politics, which exactly. no, nobody does. And yeah. young people don't give a shit. And Sadly. if my, if there's any message to anybody here, it's, if you're a young person, get involved because you have so much power, especially when you ask for things nicely, because a lot of times people walk into town hall angry, so mad about something. And to be the young person that shows up and asks nicely for something like nine times out of 10, you're going to get what you want. They yeah. just might ask you for help, which sign up for. <laughs> so so yeah. you're saying it's more accessible than we think it is. Maybe if you have 100%. a gripe with something or, you know, whatever you need to do, maybe you need to go into the town and talk about your, Don't your point problems. your finger and say, fix it. Say, how can I help you fix it? How can I get a committee going? How can I get some people right. involved? How can we get help to change this thing? Exactly. And you're saying that they will be much more flexible with those sort of positions. Exactly. Yeah, Perfect. they're much more, much more receptive. And so question, why, why the move to California then, if promoting all this on the East End and doing all this here and kind of, you know, kind of stabilizing... Is it to expand the business too as well and, and to expand everything and kind of keep it coast to coast? Yeah. So when I moved out here, I was still a Surfrider employee. So I actually moved to the hometown of Surfrider, which is San Clemente. Um, San but I Clemente, moved in Mar California for those who are yes. not familiar. Very good little mm -hmm. surf town right on the water there. So good. <laughs> so good. But don't tell anyone. Don't tell um, anyone. It's still kind of a secret. I moved... So yeah, I moved here uh, sort of to be part of like the Surfrider West Coast community, but I moved in on March 15, 2020. So like life as we knew it came to a halt. So that presented its obvious challenges and one thing led to another. And I'm just trying to navigate this whole world where I just moved away from my friends and my family. I don't know anybody out here except for my coworkers. And now the office is closed. So I actually just don't know anybody and there's no toilet paper and like everything was such a shit show when we moved in. And all I'm thinking about is, okay, at this point, we're all like disinfecting our food. Like there's crazy stuff happening in the world, right? right? And I'm so excited <laughs> because I just moved from middle of nowhere in New York, the great state of California. And I was so stoked to have access to like bulk bins and all these places to bring my own container and fill up my food. But COVID just like smacked that in the face. That's actually why I started the business because all of the bulk bins at the local store, it's called Sprouts, where we live, all of them were prepackaged in plastic. So I couldn't get my rice and my beans and my flour and my dried fruit. I couldn't get any of that without plastic packaging. So that's like sort of how I spiraled during COVID. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was so excited. Feels like we're taking seven steps backwards. How can I help? Is anybody doing this? Right. And nobody was doing it. So I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I guess I have to do it. And then how did, how, how did you gain your market base? Like, how did you start to get your base? And how did you start to find people that were on your same mission? Did you find that with collectively through your I friend mean, groups and, and, and yeah. circles and social circles? How was that formulated? 
yeah. So, I mean, over the past 10 years, I've been part of this environmental world. I've been sort of cultivating a community of like-minded people. A lot of it, a lot of our supporters are some of my best friends. It's a lot of people that are, you know, environmentally friendly. And we rely a lot on word of mouth because if you're hearing this and you're thinking about somebody in your life that thinks this way and acts this way, pass it off to them. Because once we find our people, they stay our people like a hundred percent. So we've really that. relied on a lot of, yeah, seriously. Retention. I mean, honestly, like if they retain them all. <laughs> We really do. People always come back. It's amazing. It's amazing because the product is really good. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point. The product is really good. So, you know, I hope people feel that there's a lot of integrity in like the orders they receive. We have our hands on every single start of every single part of the process, sourcing and packing the jars to playing Tetris to get the jars in the box so that they won't break on their way to you and all that. Question. Mm-hmm products how did you get all the sourcing done was it travel was it friend groups was it connections what was it that got the sourcing of that done how did you source sustainable yeah. products so interestingly when you buy things in bulk quantities a lot of the time they already come in paper which is like just a smack in the face to the consumer like apparently consumers just want plastic packaging <laughs> Um, but when you buy things in bulk, like a lot we're of too stupid to paper. process things in bulk like we need to have plastic I, to show us what's on the, I don't know right I think they just need to last like years on the shelf, which is really sketchy. We essentially work with two amazing, amazing, actually three now, three amazing um, wholesale companies. And they are just extremely socially responsible. And they treat us as like humans. <laughs> like they know our names when we call. And they are really dedicated to social responsibility and also sustainability. So my uh, almonds are my favorite product to talk about. We... Okay. Purchased our, we purchased our almonds from this female-owned, female family-owned farm. It's in Central Valley in California, which is a lot of where America's food is grown. But it, um, they're called biodynamics. Yeah, they're, guys, they're so good. They're called biodynamics. So essentially, the farm itself isn't treated as like a monocrop. And organic is great to a certain extent, but biodynamic is like seven steps further, where the farm itself is like an ecosystem. So, you know, there's water retention efforts. And if you know anything about almonds, they're really water intensive. Mm. So um, there's water retention efforts and they don't use any fertilizers or pesticides. They use compost on their farm. So it's like a whole ecosystem just to grow this beautiful crop that we end up selling That's to people. Beautiful. So, it's, it's, yeah. It's, there's so much love in that. And it's not just... So much, dude. There's not just you some like exploited labor, so some exploited labor, big brand. You just buy a piece of thing in a plastic in a store and you call it a day. And yeah, you probably spend exactly. maybe a couple dollars more for the thing that's more sustainable. Yes. And at the end of the day, but is it worth that couple dollars? I say yes. Question okay. here. If you're very financially strained, how do you start sustainable? What are minor things you can do if you're if you're very financially strained? I think at the end of the day, actually, sustainability can be affordable. And the reason is that you, one by one, don't start being like, okay, I'm going to turn over my whole life. Mm. One by one, start with products that you know you're going to need that are absolute essentials. And just start just start with one, right? What would you for say me, the most like important? The, I think that's up to you. And well, I know you that's said, all you want to hear. For me, it was what? You said- for me, it was my razor. I bought it at, okay, it's ironic because I bought it at CVS on, I bought it in CVS. So when I lived, I lived like right across the street from it. So I walked over, I was like, oh, look, a metal razor. It came in plastic because back then we didn't have integrity in environmentalism. But yeah, I like, I've had this razor forever, dude. And like, I'm never going to get rid of it. I'm never going to need another razor. It's amazing. You just switch the blades out. So essentially what I'm saying is like, start one by one. And we talked about it earlier, whatever, like, bothers you the most start with that like okay i'm creating a lot of waste in my bathroom okay where can you start you know find a refill company plain products has amazing refillable shampoo there's also um shampoo bars readily available to you so there's like tons of different ways you what can company start, did you just reference the shampoo the refillable plain products p-l-a-i-n-e products p-l-a-i-n-e got it Mm-hmm. And also there's a company called Bite. They have toothpaste tablets. So essentially you, it's like a little mint sort of, and you bite it and then you wet and your you toothbrush and you brush your teeth. Right. Yep. And they have toothpaste tablets. They have floss. It's silk floss, I believe. They have the toothbrushes themselves. They just started making deodorants. There are like all these cool, amazing, all female owned companies just popping up of people just trying to help people do their best. And I think it's 
I think it's so love rad. That. Got it. Got to yeah, love that. I think it's so cool. Oh, absolutely. And and so explain your like your packages and plans and what you sell and what you're what you got going on because all good goods. I mean, you know, we're talking about you and your company here, and I feel like we've only brushed. What what is <laughs> what's your services provide? What can the people get from you? Yeah. So our goal really is to deliver plastic free food to your door. So we have over 20 products. I believe we have 23 right now. Everything's organic. Everything is gluten-free. So, you know, Love if you it. have any dietary restrictions, yeah, I, I myself am gluten-free. I'm gluten doing gluten-free so right now too, yeah. That hits home. See, I started doing gluten-free by accident and then I became allergic to it. So I shouldn't have had it to begin with. But anyway, we do 100% plastic-free food. We deliver it to your door. So basically, our goal is to help make that like bulk bin experience accessible to people who might not have access to it and for people who, you know, enjoy the convenience of having deliveries. So where you guys are on the east end, like it makes a lot of sense because you're not going to drive out to Wild by Nature in Hampton Bays. So what we do is we deliver to people who might not have access to that traditional like bulk bin buying experience. And we are also, yeah, we have over 20 products that we can deliver to you. That's awesome. I love that. And, Thank and you. they can order through the website. Is that how it's mm -hmm. all done? How's the process? Yep. Yeah, so um, you can order on the website. You can either do a one-time order or we have 10% discount for subscriptions. Okay, so if you're a subscribing person and you come back, is it weekly, monthly? Is it kind of up to you? You, you build choose. your own plan? You choose. Mm -hmm. So they kind of customize with you. They work with you and, and kind of develop their own need. And, and then you see that and say, okay, I, they, they need this amount. And you kind of figure it out for them. Yeah, and we can give you a discount code for your listeners. Go to allgoodgoods.us and type in the coupon code Highly Educated at checkout to get 15% off all products. Thanks, Colleen. I want to be a member of All Good Goods because this just sounds like such an awesome thing you're doing and there's so much passion in what you've done and clearly there's a career of things that you've dealt with that have brought you to this point and made you build this business out of passion and desire to change things really. And that, and that's really fucking cool. Not a lot of people grasp that concept where you, you know, Hey, this is bothering me in my life. What am I going to do about it? A lot of people live their life and they go by the grain of whatever it is. And, and you decided to go against it and say, you know what? No, I'm going to push back and say, we should not be doing this and this and this. And you sound like the annoying friend or the annoying person or the annoying, whatever people can call you whatever they want. But at the end of the day, you're doing us all a favor and we should be thanking you for it. So I think people like that should be appreciated. I think we should appreciate that. We should all aspire to have a little bit of that in ourselves that want to go out and do the right thing and, and, and fight for a little good cause. It's it, that's how it should be. I don't see why not. seems, seems silly. Not Thank to you be. so much. That means a lot. Yeah. Thanks for seeing all of it. I mean, it's funny because I've known you for such a long time that like, I feel like, I feel like you really, <laughs> I feel like you really know me. You've seen me through my like I love turtles face. <laughs> and it's turned like into turtles. this whole I like YouTube turtles. Video. Yeah, yeah. Like I've known you for such a long time. Right. You've seen me through like all of these like chapters and seasons of my life that it's cool. It's cool to see where I am and I'm so stoked about where this will be in like five more years, you know. Oh my god. You're gonna be running you're gonna be running Who stuff. Knows? You're gonna have co ops all around the country doing bulk food stuff. You're gonna be running crazy. Now Dude, who knows? Is that the future? What's the future for you? What what's the events? Do you have events planned? Are you doing future possible like expansion projects? What do you what's yeah. what's in the pipeline? Yeah. So right now we're sticking to our guns because like nobody else is doing food. Like for some reason, nobody else is doing this. Don't steal my idea. But <laughs> we're on the mission to provide plastic free food to you. We did just get accepted into a local farmer's market out here. So that'll be cool to do some in-person events. Um, and In hopefully eventually, yeah, we're excited. And hopefully that's like sort of us dipping our toes into, do we want to have a storefront one day or do we want to sort of stick to the online marketplace sort of vibe? So we'll see. Right. That's amazing. And that's, and so uh, the event space, and then once that kind of segues, if, as long as the expansion's there, but really is the sustainable model not having retail? Is that the overall goal is to not have a retail establishment or is it shipping is more sustainable? What What's the. <laughs> it's selfish, dude. Fully. I just, I just resent the nine to five. I resent wanting, I resent like showing up to a certain place every single day. 
So for me, like I, I've sort of tried to create this business around my lifestyle and that's that I don't, I don't want to have to show up to a certain place every single day at a certain time. Like at this chapter in my life, I really wanted to have that flexibility, but you know, as, as I said, we're starting a farmer's market, so we'll see what happens. If it ends up being really lucrative for us, we'll probably end up starting a storefront one day and that'll just be part of that season of my life too. So that's the, that's the dream is to be eventually in the bulk and to shipping from homes and then actually having your own and then maybe eventually have multiple across the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my dream, you know, as an individual, like I said, this is what I'm doing right now. All good goods is what I'm doing right now. My dream as an individual is to help help sustainability feel less overwhelming, right? So, I mean, long term, like if I could help other companies sort of implement these sustainability changes, like that 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 would be amazing to me. But right now, I'm gaining the knowledge I need to be able to do that, right? I, I had been an activist for so long and I had helped create policy and helped create like individual change for right now I'm learning what I need to learn to be a business owner. So I hope to be able to pass that off to somebody else one day, you know? Perfect. Yeah. And that's anyway, if we're thinking long term. No, and that mm-hmm. is. It's and that's a lot. Important. It's so complicated. To absorb it's all so of it. It's so complicated. You have I mean, yeah. you're not just doing the business side, you're doing the conscious side. You're doing the environmental side. Like that's that's what a lot of big businesses don't do. That's what a lot of businesses don't practice are these environmentally conscious. Because they don't know where to start. And they don't. They and, they, and there's no real easy guidebook. There's no real no. universal guide of, hey, this is how you act or this is what you buy. I think overall consumerism, we are starting to shift towards organic products, natural products, you know, things wrapped in this, things, bring your own bag, right? Now at the grocery store, you're paying five cents, you know, they're they're putting the heat on, you know, they're charging you per bag. Like now it's like you got to pay for some shitty paper bag that's going to rip on your way home and you they still charge you five cents for that. Like that sucks. Bring your own bag next time. They're- it's funny how five cents will make people bring their own bag. Five cents. That's not even a gumball. But you know what's funny? In, in Scandinavian countries, they charge like, it's like they give you back so much more money because they want you to recycle. So they like actually give you worthwhile instead of giving back like a nickel for a can they give you back like i mean i don't know actually but it's like a dollar or something they give you back more so you actually feel like you're valuing yourself more you're like oh i want to actually really make money giving back cans and now you feel more obligated but they they put the cost on the company so really the company's eating it but the consumer is doing good and then the gov you know the government gets their tax and whatever but i think that might be a way to go about it like what is that new york is increasing their bottle fee you should look into this. There's a whole petition right now. Right. I, I just think that's maybe, maybe, maybe it's things like that. I mean, fuck, if we're, if we're burning all this plastic and doing all these things, I mean, there's only so many landfills in fucking Pennsylvania we're going to dump all this shit in. There's only so many islands that we can dump all this shit in until there's not enough space left. Where the hell else are you going to go with it? Seriously. Unless we're going to pay Jeff Bezos well, to send that shit in one of his dick rockets to the moon. Where else right. is this trash going? I don't know. Like, well, that's the problem. <laughs> a lot of it is being incinerated in low-income communities. Is that what it so is across can, the country? Is that what is that the yeah. is that what the underlier is? Yeah. I didn't know. I, I was ignorant to that. Yeah. So. so some of it gets exported, and then a good bit of it straight up burned in an in like a facility. And so that's, that's it's really yeah it's really cause and effect. Yeah, a lot of times you know we see like time and time again. A lot of developing nations and a lot of lower income communities face the brunt of climate change, right? And I think it's up to us, people who have the privilege to be able to help and vote with their money to do it. Like that, at the end of the day, I think that is the most important thing. Like if you have the money to be able to buy the more sustainable product, you absolutely have to. You absolutely have to because you're not going to be the one that's feeling the impacts of it. It's a lot of it's a lot of like island communities who are still developing. Right. And, and it's a domino theory. That's so well said. And it is a domino theory. Let's say you and your friend group start all buying the same products, start buying the same things. Everybody starts liking the same shit, just like anything else catches on. And, and then all of a sudden you're now all buying this certain thing. And then you just change the way a town now supplies one of their stores. And now maybe that sparks another change in another city and another town and another thing. I mean, it, there's a reason why these little organic places are opening up everywhere and these little natural things and natural stores and this and that. There's a reason why sustainable stores are kind of popping their way, making headway. Right. People are realizing. It's, it's what it's, people want. It is what people want. I think that's really is, you know, what it is. People want sustainability. I just don't think they know how to access it. I don't think they know the right steps to take into it. 
And I think that's important to listen to things like this and listen to people like you to actually get the information they need. So all good goods, got to check them out on Instagram, allgoodgoods.us, allgoodgoods.us as well for the website. So it's the same exact thing. Pretty easy, not hard to get to. Colleen, amazing. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast and talking hey, about this with me because dog. I feel like this is, you know, long overdue. We needed to have this conversation. It's we important. definitely do. And if there's one takeaway, it's just that like you have power. And if there's one area in your life where you know you can improve, I challenge you to just try it. Right? Just Absolutely. try it. And if it doesn't go well, that's okay. At least you tried. <laughs> right. Like at least try to make the conscious effort to make a little thing for yourself. I mean, try to try to improve a little bit of ways, whether it's now you buy a soap that's packaged in some paper thing, or now you buy something that's more sustainable this way. Start one product at a time. Start all around your house. Like you said, find the problem areas. Okay. I'm producing a lot of waste in the bathroom. How do I cut down on this? Oh, I'm producing right. a lot of waste in the kitchen. Maybe I should start composting if I'm producing all these extra veggies and cuts and I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we could be doing. I think it's not taught. Where are we taught in that in school? Where are we taught farming 101? Take the step to try to be a little bit more sustainable. Even a little bit. Little step helps. Even a little step helps. A lot of people do it. A little bit of steps equals a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're talking about. And if you need recommendations of where to start, we got you. All good goods. They got you. Honestly, this is is my purpose. Levi and Colleen over at All Good Goods. They got you. All goodgoods.us. They got you. They got you. They got you on everything. They know what to do. They will teach you in the sustainable ways and the arts. Colleen, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. If you or your business are looking to advertise on this podcast, please contact 3milemedia at gmail.com.